Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of... Woken Free! Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 206th episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week, we're doing a special Woken Free story time called 21 Questions About Newborns. Oh, goodness. Can't wait for this one. Uh, before we dive deep into the subject, a couple of things to cover. First, if you download the episode on WokenFree.com through the Podbean app, if you haven't, please do, because that's how you're able to join the conversation by adding your comments. If you don't have the app, you can't add your comments. Thus, we don't know what you're thinking. Total missed opportunity. So make sure you do that. Now, of course, if for some reason you can't download new apps on whatever device you listen to podcasts at, then go to WokenFree.com, go on the Listen tab, and pick your platform of choice where you want to follow and subscribe to the show. So iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, obviously subscribe to our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. Guys, it's a Woken Free world. So make sure you go to any of those places and follow us there. Now, you can also subscribe to the show via email on our homepage at WokenFree.com and encourage friends and family to do the same so that all y'all are Woken Free every single week with new email notifications of what the new episode is. So make sure you do that. Now, of course, you can always holler at us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Oh my goodness, we're everywhere at Woken Free. And then, of course, if you have 90 seconds, review the show on any of the platforms that you can review shows on. So again, WokenFree.com, listen tab, pick your platform of choice. Thank you. Kicking it to you, Khalil. All right. Then we should just get right into the episode, right? Mm-hmm. So with that, then I would say question number one, how much do you think newborns typically weigh? I would just guess about seven pounds would be normal weight Mm -hmm. but that's just my educated guess i don't know what the actual statistics show okay so according to kidshealth.org and all links uh guys if you're not familiar with our platform all links to the episodes are available on wokenfree.com so just make sure you click along if you'd like to read more newborns come in a range of healthy sizes most babies are born between 37 and 40 weeks and weigh somewhere between five pounds uh eight ounces and eight pounds 13 ounces but of course what did our son kj aka khalil jordan nurse weigh in at nine pounds three ounces overachieving from jump nice yes that's not yes. too bad <laughs> yes question two what has been the biggest surprise with our newborn kj so what's there's a lot of surprises but i would say the biggest one so far would be where he can go like from super calm to like peaceful and he's like just like so uh, enamored with all the milk that he's consuming, uh, aka the formula milk that he's getting, to this like nuclear demon mode once he's hungry, uh, because it goes from like peaceful, like like a like a lake to like uh, a monsoon or something. It's uh, to me that that dramatic shift in energy is very surprising because it's literally over just the basics of I'm hungry, but instead of like for adults, you know, if you get really enraged, it's going to be something like you know, you lost your job or someone's leaving you, like something really traumatic to the level of degree of anger he displays. But what what has been the biggest surprise for you? Well, of course, my biggest surprise is how much he would want to eat. That was <laughs> definitely surprising. I didn't think a baby could have that much. But the only thing I could say is maybe he's just really thirsty, actually. True. <laughs> That's the only thing True. I give him because he can't drink water. He has to just have the formula. formula. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, question three. How often do you need to change diapers with newborns? I think it's probably as often as you feed them, which is Mm -hmm. like one to three hours. 
That's a good estimate. Okay. Yeah. So Pampers elaborates that experts recommend that you change your newborn's diaper every two to three hours or as often as needed. So specifically to like what you're, what you're saying. So your little one may urinate as often as every one to three hours and have between two and five bowel movements. So poo poo diapers guys. And, uh, you know, the reason why you want to do that is for the following reasons, you know, overly wet diapers can contribute to the risk of diaper rash. Poop can irritate your baby's skin and then leftover bacteria can lead to a bladder infection, especially in baby girls. So yeah, definitely. It's important to keep them nice Mm. and clean as much as possible. All right. Question four, how often do you need to feed a newborn? So healthychildren.org, they recommend that newborns are going to eat every two to three hours or eight to 12 times every 24 hours. Um, and, you know, they <laughs> the, the amount they recommend is awesome. They say they will usually drink one to two ounces at each feeding. And this amount will increase to two to three ounces by two weeks of age versus our child. <laughs> I think started at two ounces and is now going at six ounces per feeding. Yeah. So, uh, again, overachieving, guys. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he doubled by the week two, as they say, the the numbers were showing that. And then I just think it's interesting that he likes to top up in the next hour sometimes. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it just, I guess it all depends on your baby, though. Exactly. Babies are different. Every baby's different. And also, uh, as according to our pediatrician, babies that are, that babies that are born bigger tend to have a, a higher starting point of what they need to eat because again, they are bigger, so they need more calories and, it's not a typical, he's, he's not going to eat like a five pounder, right? It's just that, that doesn't make sense. But yeah. question five, is it possible to sleep with a newborn? Yeah, definitely it is. But just don't expect to get your sleep in a straight shot. You're going to have to break it up among the different hours you have to wake up to feed the child and change the diapers, of course. Exactly. Exactly. I would say, you know, when people say you can't sleep with a newborn, no, that's not true. But yeah, to your point, it's more staggered sleeping. So that's really what we would recommend for if you're trying to prep for having a baby. How do you sleep? You know, prepare to sometimes get sleep in two to three hours or the four to five. It just depends on your baby. Uh, and yeah, it's through the night, I would say. It, it doesn't always have to be so terrible, and it gets better as they get older. So, you know, it, it's it's not horrible forever. <laughs> That's good to know. Question mm-hmm. six. How does COVID-19 change the landscape for newborns? So for us, it's definitely, you know, I think reduce the amount of people that would uh, probably normally want to visit us. I mean, A, we, we moved to Arizona, and most of our family is in New York, so... It is, you know, that's a distance, right? So that, that already is an impediment to people visiting. But I think with COVID, it's like another layer of like, oh, do I really want to get on a plane for six hours and then come see you guys? Mm, not probably, not really. And then also I would say like COVID babies are a little bit different. <laughs> I feel like he's super advanced. And so I don't know if that's just timing or, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but there's just like a runny joke on social media that like COVID, COVID babies come out different. They're like a different breed of baby and i i i'm tending to agree with us. yikes yeah what are your thoughts though yeah i just i tend to agree mm-hmm. i think it, it definitely has changed the amount of visitors that come to see the baby mm-hmm. but also based on where you live that changed the amount of visitors like mm-hmm. you're saying so mm-hmm. i think either way this the quarantine has definitely changed things of how it would have been if there wasn't a quarantine mm-hmm. you know these babies are a little bit different so yeah it's a, it's a different experience having a baby during COVID-19. Absolutely. Question seven. What is it like when you first meet your newborn? 
I think there's nothing else like it to see this creation that mm-hmm. we both created. It's kind of surreal and awe-inspiring at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can only see, like, the potential in him. Mm-hmm. That's all I see when I look into his eyes. Like, what can he be? I'm not really sure. It's, mm-hmm. it's like it's uncertain, but I'm sure that it's going to be great no matter what mm-hmm. path that he takes. It's just crazy. Absolutely. I would say one of the most precious moments of my life was when, and, and guys, uh, you know, I had a C-section with him. I wasn't able to uh, give a natural uh, birth with him, but that's okay because he was nine pounds, three ounces. So I'm, I'm really good with that decision. Uh- okay. <laughs> And uh, hearing him cry was the most precious moment of my life because it just, yeah, to your point, it's so surreal that like you go from being pregnant or having this possibility of having this baby and now they're there and they're like breathing and they're making noise. And it just, to me, just hearing him just, it made me cry. I was just like, just very overwhelmed in the best of ways. And I think there's just such an incredible sense of like, joy and relief and immense love to to meet this like newest most important person in your life and to your point about yeah the potential it's like it's so incredible it's also like so overwhelming of like who will this person be and what will he need in life and will i be able to give him and deliver everything that i need to give for him but it's also just like you know i've never felt more wanted or needed by another human being (laughs) and and so because you know people people can be very fickle and they can love you and disregard you left and right uh self-included oh uh, wow and i would say that like with kj you know the way that he looks at me no other human being will ever look at me the way that he looks at me because he needs me in a way that no one else needs me right like uh you you're a grown-up you can get your own oh really even a co-host yes you can clean your own behind a co-host can do that you can't clean your own behind. I'm just saying, what can a co-host actually <laughs> yes, a do? Yes, a co-host can clean their behind and they can eat their own food. But my child, know. he needs me for everything. And, and that is, you know, incredibly honorable. And also just like, I'm just, I feel very privileged to that he chose me to be his mother. And that I, I have to better myself for him each and every day. That's good. Mm-hmm. Question eight. What are your biggest concerns on a daily basis? Just wanting to keep him physically safe and emotionally comforted uh, to reduce crying because the crying bit is just hard. I, I don't know how other mothers feel, but it just feels like he's just like, like the world is falling apart. <laughs> and it just seems so upsetting, even though it is usually over milk and it's nonsensical at nature at best. But <laughs> still, yeah. it's just wanting him to be happy. And just I love when he smiles and I just want him to be happy and safe and just comfortable. And anytime he's not, it's just like, oh, gosh, what do I need to do? Yeah, making sure he's safe is number one for me. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure he's cool, he's exercising, and he's in good health. Absolutely. And it's, you know, this is a new experience for us. Uh, oh, gosh, yeah. It's definitely an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Question nine, what would you say are the best moments you've had so far with KJ? I like when he just looks at me and he makes his baby sounds. I think that's the best. It's pretty funny. I don't know what he's trying to say or what he's trying to communicate, but that's my favorite moments with him. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. I mean, every day it's it's hard and amazing at once, all at once. Uh, but I would say, you know, every time he smiles, it just makes me so happy. It just is like, oh, gosh, like he's happy, baby. That's so rare. And he smiles every day. 
Yeah, but it's not a lot of times. So. No, and that's why, like, every time I see it, it's, like, it's so empowerful, like, power, em, empowering. And then also, like, yeah, the noises that he makes, and the good noises. I hate the noises he makes when he sleeps. Yeah, those are terrible. Oh, no, not yeah, those, those grunting t- pterodactyls. But he's, when he's actually looking at me and he makes a sound. Yeah, those are super funny. He's like, ah, ooh, ooh. Yeah, and then he, like, he makes some high-pitched oh, sounds. Gosh. It's kind of funny. I just, yeah, I just, I feel like, uh, you know, having him in my life makes me feel like, I have this person who'll just, you know, I can just love forever and I'll just always want time with him. And he's just, he's magical. He's my magical baby. Magic. Mm-hmm. Question 10. How has having a newborn changed your life? So instead of waking up and thinking about what Natasha needs, everything is about KJ. <laughs> from when I sun up to sundown, like it's all about him. And so you go from living your life of like, what do you need and what, how do you need to perform and what do you want to, what do your, what does your child need and then fitting in you thereafter. And so, you know, I think that, and for me, you know, I don't know, I don't talk to a lot of other mothers, but for me, that's, that's, I think the biggest shift of like your life is no longer yours. It's your child's. All right, it's made me want to spend more time with him rather than doing things that are just on my own. So mm-hmm. I definitely miss him when I'm away from him. That's a new thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Missing mm-hmm. this new being. Mm. Sweet baby. Absolutely. Question 11. Do you feel like a different person after having KJ in your life now? I would say the only different way that I feel is I feel like currently I'm more of a zombie because of the lack of normal sleep routine. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of difference to me. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't think I've changed that much. Absolutely. I would say I don't feel like the same person because I'm not living life the same way. Right. To your point, you know, we're definitely sleeping, but it, it's, you know, the stat getting used to staggered sleeping. Walking and then, dead. Okay. Uh, I'd like <laughs> to be a little bit less dramatic for folks. Oh, but that's but... good though to be the walking. I mean, well, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Think about well, that. Well, not all time. the parts, but <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's, yeah, you got to fight against the urge. It's like that movie we saw where they grew a heart and you were a zombie. Remember? The oh, yes. Oh, born grow. bodies. Oh, yeah. that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's like I that. Love that. See, movie. you grow beyond your weakness. They were so cute. I love that. That movie. was it funny. Uh, and your priorities change. My hormones are definitely, you know, not still fully adjusted. I mean, we're, I think, what, five weeks <laughs> plus right out. Uh, so it's, you know, it's. It's, it's going, you know, it's, I I think it's hard to say you're the same person if your life totally changes, right? So for me, I would also say I'm different. I don't necessarily know fully zombie-like, but just like trying to figure out who the new Natasha is. It's a, it's a new identity, right? Being a parent is now a new identity for us. All right. Yeah, that's true. Question 12. What has been the biggest challenge with KJ so far? Trying to predict what's going to happen next. Like, you think you're going to change a diaper and then, oh, he poops again or he pees on you or everywhere. Uh, or you're trying to milk him and then he falls asleep and he doesn't want to milk, uh, you know, feed him. Uh, so it's, it's trying to like better understand him and what his needs are to be able to satisfy him and keep him nice and calm and not a screaming banshee. <laughs> yeah that's definitely tough it's the goal guys <laughs> I, I just think it's very hard to seem it it seems hard to predict how much will he actually eat that's the <laughs> biggest thing to me we have to play this for him but he can understand yeah i just it. don't get it i don't know that's the biggest conundrum in my mind i don't because I, I just wish i i just wish you knew it's like all right this time i want this amount so all right i'll give you that amount are you good yeah i'm good yeah. i'll take or, or i'll take seconds of this amount okay so i'll give you that amount yeah. and then we're good but it's nothing like that it's no. like i'll try all right i'm gonna give you this big amount 
and you're not going to finish it. Thank you. Now I got to throw this out. <laughs> See? Yeah, he's just. That's uh, I think up. you're waiting for the toddler stage where he can be like, "Can I have a cup of juice?" Yeah, now? I just want to like, yeah. understand what's going. <laughs> how much are you eating? I just want to know straight up. <laughs> no jokes. Absolutely. Question thirteen: What would you say is your best advice for parents with newborns or going to have newborns? I think every baby is different. So be patient. And I think you should actually consult with your pediatrician. That's good advice. Yes, yes, yes. Instead of just random people trying to give advice. Yeah. That's my suggestion. Okay. I would say stay flexible and know things that will, things will always get better, right? If you're having a hard time with them, like maybe, you know, for those who have colicky babies or babies that, you know, maybe they're not, they're not latching on and you're trying to do breastfeeding and it's like really challenging. Just like try to be patient with yourself and your baby because remember the baby was inside of the woman uh, and now they're outside and they're trying to figure out what this world is. They're trying to, they're learning how to breathe a new way. They're learning how to eat a new way. So they too, it's a learning curve for the parent and the child. And I think people forget that they're like, why can't you just act right baby? And it's like, because the baby doesn't understand what the heck is happening. So they're trying to figure this out. And so you have to have a little patience and empathy for them as well as yourself, because you don't know what's happening because you don't speak baby. So it's it's a lot of learning, guys. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. Question 14. Can you see yourself in KJ? So physically, I would say KJ, it looks like you, right? Like, so you cloned yourself, like you watched Star Wars, Clone Wars, and you wanted one yourself. So good job, <laughs> dad. Good job. Smart. Uh, but personally, I would say from certain characteristics, I feel he's super dramatic, especially like wanting to eat. I feel like no one should be that angry. That's just absurd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just completely unreasonable. Uh, yeah. Even though I just said, you know, the, the earlier breath not to be so, you know, but he is. I mean, he's really unreasonable. I mean, Smart. no one should turn into... He, like, turns into, like, a vampire. Like, Yeah, that seems opposite of me. He, okay, well... No, because I'm very cool, calm, and collected. That's whatever. all my... That's my motive. This is, we're the triple be honest, C's. Khalil. Triple C's. No, but you love that about me. You're like, wow, I can't even get a pipe out of you. No You're comment. So cool. No comment. <laughs> no, you like, I wish my husband was a little more I dramatic. I plead the fifth. <laughs> no, you do. Sometimes you look at me like, husband, can you be more dramatic? And get I say, wife, I cannot be. Get a grip, Khalil. <laughs> I tell you that. Wife, I cannot be as dramatic as get you expect. Get a grip is, a little expect. bit. But so that super dramaticness might come from my side, uh, which is, you know, unfortunate. And <laughs> uh, being silly, uh, I think he's like sometimes very silly. He likes to sit up and like look at the world and contemplate what's happening. And he's very introspective. I feel like that's also like me. And so now, you know, as he grows up, if he likes horror movies and he's a great public speaker, then he's also my clone too. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different meaning. I think that that's the definition of clone is different. Then we both win here. So. It's a win-win situation. All right. I feel this situation is a win-for-me situation because okay. he looks like me, but he definitely cries like you. You're a fool. He gets that personality from you. He definitely, he's very dramatic, and he likes to take things overboard. Uh, that's what I would say. Because he's, like, he's a big personality. Because right? it was weird because yeah, I was a calm baby. Get out of here. <laughs> Talk to your mother and try again. Oh, all right. If you yeah. say so, I don't know. Si, senor. Question 15. How does having a newborn impact your relationship with... Uh, you know, your baby mama or baby daddy. <laughs> like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it makes having personal time is definitely more difficult. Mm-hmm. And learning to manage that is a very tough task because Absolutely. you got to you gotta prioritize the baby, but you do have to spend time with your significant other. It's, mm-hmm. It just makes it hard. It makes it hard during quarantine as well. Absolutely. Because he's, you can't do as many things as you used to be able to do. So. Mm-hmm. And then and also the taking baby. out the baby. It's Yeah, uh, to try to bring the baby along with these 
activities that you used to do is not the same. You, and some of them you just shouldn't do. Like, it's bad etiquette to bring a baby to a movie theater. Either. Correct. Well, it's not ideal if you can. It's because, bad etiquette, though. Yeah. You could say it's not ideal, but it's literally bad etiquette. I know. I just don't want to shame people who do it. No, it's not. A, I'm like, not shaming you. I'm just saying it's there's you're not you don't have etiquette. Okay. Is that good? No, I mean because you're. Oh, that's out a bad thing. It. Well, remember it's that it's like we Who don't want to put out that uh, you know unsolicited advice, right? Kind of thing. Oh. So it's like it's the idea is that for <laughs> us we don't believe for us it's going to be I mean, an action. So for I'd us. say please bring your baby that's going to cry during the movie where you're supposed to all be no, silent. Yeah, it's it's not unless a deal. like yeah unless you literally have a baby that's silent then I can't say anything because yeah. yeah I didn't know your baby was there but when you bring a baby that's going to you know that's cry upsetting yeah, yeah at yeah, the yeah, drop yeah, of a hat you don't even know when they're going to cry they're hungry. Like, yeah. I don't know. To, to me, a movie is not an ideal situation. It's just not ideal. Yeah. So I'm not the person to say, now I know people say, don't bring your babies to the restaurant. Now I don't go, I don't, like, I'm not going to say Again, everyone has that. to make their own decisions. That I can't yeah. say call on because the restaurant is public and people are talking, so who cares? But mm-hmm. I know some people would say, please don't bring your baby to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I would say so far we've been pretty good being, you know, kind of a team, uh, playing the team sport of, hey, let's, you know, uh, you know, I'll take this time, you take this shift and, and, you know, working with him on the parenting journey. I would say, you know, are there opportunities where people, you might snap at your significant other or your, you know, baby mama or baby daddy? Absolutely. Because A, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're wow. overwhelmed, you know, and you also have to try to be nice to each other, right? Like it's, it's just the, it's, it's the perfect storm for just being like a kind of a bit of an asshole version of yourself. Uh, <laughs> but again, this too shall pass. And so, you know, the goal is to, to, again, while you're being patient with your baby, patient with yourself, please be patient with your, significant other because everyone is learning and everyone is trying to figure out how to make this work and it changes right week one is different from week three which is different from week seven which is different from week 12 so it's just it's an it's an ongoing uh journey and just giving everyone grace in this process i think is going to make it easier to navigate question 16 has having kj impacted your relationship with friends or family great question so as most people know about me, or if you don't know, I don't really have a ton of friends. So <laughs> uh, the ones that I have uh, have been super supportive and constantly want pictures and want updates on KJ, which is super sweet and makes me feel like we're not in this alone. Uh, you know, as for family, I would say mo- most folks in my family I communicate with on social media. So they see my posts and they like it and all of that good stuff. So, you know, status quo there, nothing's really changed there. I would say they just are probably more engaging on social media because I'm posting more because I am that mom who's like, look at my baby. So it's, it's a little bit much. Uh, but ultimately I would say just the biggest change is the focus, right? So maybe I was posting a lot about love or business or, you know, different things. And so right now just kind of in this baby mode. And so it's mostly about KJ. So thus the conversation and the topics is all about him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it actually makes the family that you are close to closer and mm-hmm. more interested in what's going on in yeah. actually our lives. And it's just because we have this brand new life to take care of. They want to make mm-hmm. sure that he gets like the best of care. So sure. I think it does help in that manner. And then mm-hmm. friends will also be interested in, you know, knowing what's going on with them. But yeah, we don't, it's not like we have such a big circle that mm-hmm. we're going to hear a lot from these friends. So I just think the, the family actually, that aspect has become mm-hmm. a lot more 
interested in our lives. Absolutely. I guess and I would also shout out to my mom who's, uh, you know, been here and supporting and, and all of that. And that's a newer uh, kind of development because of KJ. So he's, you know, kind of yeah. bringing, yeah, bringing more familiar relationships closer. So magic, magic baby. Question 17, does having KJ change your outlook on life? My outlook has not actually changed. I just know I want to make sure he is prepared for this life. Mm -hmm. He's our free future, and when we're gone from this planet, we need to make sure he's going to cultivate success for everybody to come mm -hmm. after him and after us. So that's a, I just want to make sure he has the tools for success. But I don't know. My outlook is, it hasn't changed. It hasn't been like, all right, now... Because he's born, now I know humanity's saved or something, or humanity's mm -hmm. not saved. Like, it doesn't change, it hasn't changed me philosophically, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. be honest. Fair. Okay. I would say having a kid, at least from my perspective, makes me more concerned about the safety of children as a whole, oh. on a whole new level, because, you know, this is a new life into the world that we eventually will have to put into programs and be around people that we don't necessarily, you know, aren't running background checks on. So, like, wow. you know, like, you know... Can I, can I do this and not have a breakdown? Like, is this okay? Like, so, you know, but I, I do want to be optimistic about opportunities for kids to learn and grow and that, you know, the people that want to do right by children continue to stay in those spaces and the people who don't do right are hopefully more and more are culled out of the herd uh, because people are not tolerant of uh, that and people are getting exposed for their, their, you know, heinous acts. Yeah. And then people aren't able to just even develop to, make those heinous mm -hmm, acts mm -hmm, <laughs> they're being mm -hmm. it's everything's being caught early on like symptoms Hopefully, of yeah. problems that that's yeah. the future question 18 why do you believe potential postpartum depression of mothers is only a concern for medical professionals yeah so it's interesting i've taken about three tests now about postpartum depression and i just think it's interesting that like none of these tests are also given to you the father because you know at at the end of the day you know whether i'm depressed or not is not the only person interacting with the baby but if you're depressed then that creates a risk for him and so maybe they just feel that like there's an assumption in the medical industry that the mother's postpartum depression is going to have a greater impact on the baby than if the father is depressed but ultimately i think mental health of all parties involved need to be prioritized because i would say you know yeah it's it is easy to get down and to have like the baby blues and you have to be mindful of like monitoring everything. I know I personally have had some rough weeks as well. Uh, but you know, it's, what do you think? What are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, my thoughts are that we're just in a sexist world where mm. men are like bull and they must be strong, mm. but there are cases of men having depression after having children. Definitely. And that what do you, people don't think about it. What do you think is going to happen to the women that are with these men? These men could get abusive towards the Correct. female and towards the child. So mm -hmm. I think, I mean, to me, it's kind of insane not to even have one test for the man just to make, make sure that they're in okay mental health because they're mm -hmm. interacting with the child and the mother. So exactly. Why does that have not a, a concern? It, it's, it doesn't really make sense when you think about it, but. Then again, that's why there's these domestic abuse situations. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there are kids in those domestic abuse Absolutely. situations. And they're wondering, man, why did this person become abusive? Maybe mm -hmm. something happened after they had kids and, you know, they never were able to get treated or even identified. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So that, Good that's, point. A, that's the thing. We need to definitely look into that. That's, mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense to be so sexist that men don't get the same treatment as women in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Men can't be depressed. Like, oh, they're just strong. Men are strong. Okay. Strong as bull. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, strong like bull. That's it. <laughs> 
Nice. Question 19. If you could do anything different before having KJ, what would you have done? Really just one thing is I would have purchased more food for him. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just to be prepared for his large appetite because it would have been nice to have a big stock load of stuff and just feed him and not think like, oh, are you about to run out? I would have just done that. Nice. That's nice, the only nice. thing I would have changed though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, but okay. it's pretty simple. For me, I, again, I would say this is a great question because uh, the laboring process is something I would have done differently. So uh, we went in uh, because I was going to be induced when I was 40 weeks and my body my body wasn't dilating. I think at the time I maybe went in and I was at like a one-ish maybe going in. And then I spent two and a half days laying on my back in pain, uncomfortable, trying to dilate, did not get... I got up to nine centimeters dilated and couldn't get past. And then we ultimately had the decision of, okay, let's go through with the C-section. But that two and a half days of suffering was cruel and unusual punishment that I would have avoided if I knew that that was going to happen. So my personal thought would have been if you're at 40 weeks and your body is not naturally dilating, maybe it's a sign that your body doesn't want to do that. And so you just schedule the C-section and move on as opposed to going through pain, trying to get there and then being like, whoopsie. And it's not happening. And then it's like, thank you for all no, of that, that stuff, yeah. pain, suffering, and uh, medication for nothing. Good point. Question 20. What must-have items do you need for your newborn? Ooh, I would say pacifiers or passies, uh, burping cloths. We love the ones from Amazon. We'll share all of our recommended links in the episode on WokenFree.com. Uh, we are a fan of the Infamil NeuroPro uh, formula, right? So yeah. that's a good stuff. And then a good nursery chair is definitely a must. Our little one loves to be rocked. And to sleep on top of somebody. So <laughs> uh, that's been a very good uh, purchase so far. All right. And then, yeah, just to add that you, you probably want to get the formula, even if you are breastfeeding, just to make sure your baby gets all the nutrients they need. Because often mm-hmm. the breast milk doesn't have all that. That's what people don't realize. And pediatricians will eventually tell you to supplement your breast milk with formula. So mm-hmm. I just say get some because it's that's just a good way to go. You never mm-hmm. know. You might need it. And two is, of course, you need diapers because these babies got to go somewhere mm-hmm. and you don't want them to go on themselves and on like your in, in their bassinet or in their crib. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have some diapers on hand. You would like to have some baby wipes to clean up those baby bottoms and all the other parts. And then since you have baby wipes, you probably need some diaper rash cream, something to Make sure that they're not getting too irritated. Mm-hmm. And another good thing, it doesn't work for all babies, but I would just say have a couple of, of those pre-made swaddlers because mm-hmm. it makes it so much e- easier to swaddle them than compared to like taking a blanket and trying to figure out how to wrap them. And yeah. if it's tight enough, the, the pre-made swaddlers are easier. Just be ma- mindful though, because they do, babies get a little bit warmer and stuff. So it can, you know, kind of irritate their skin a little bit too. So just Unless you're in mindful. Alaska though. Very true. So shout out <laughs> to the cold. people in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a couple of swallowers. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Question 21. What will you treasure most from this time with KJ as a newborn? I'll just treasure him trying to eat my face after Aww. kissing him. The bamboo. I, I think I just love that little Khalil. <laughs> narcissism at its best. No, at that's its not narcissism best. though. That's just me explaining. Yeah. Because you had to say Khalil. <laughs> Now I'll refer to him as Jordan. No, you no, you won't. That's not it. He knows his full name. KJ, KJ, KJ. You know this guy's full I name. I think for me, the, the what I treasure the most with him is 
<laughs> Every time I could soothe him when he goes from like this crazy demon banshee uh, situation to this like yummy, delicious, like calm baby in my arms, I feel like I have superpowers and I feel like I have a, a purpose that I didn't even know I had a purpose for. And I just feel powerful and loved and appreciated and celebrated by this little person. And it's, you know, I feel very bonded to him and very connected to him. I feel like, you know, sometimes they say pe- home is in people and I feel like home is with him. Like I feel wow. very safe with him and I feel like I can protect him and I can love him and I can cherish him and we can have a beautiful life together. And, you know, I just, I can't wait to hear uh, every, everything from him, you know, every silly, every silly noise, every story, every, I want to see drawings. I want to see, you know, uh, sports games. I just, I just want an entire lifetime with him. Every time I see him, I'm just like, I can't wait for what's next. So, you know, but yeah, definitely the, the calming powers that I have over him is, is sweet. And so we'll see how long that lasts. Right. Or, yeah. If he eventually becomes old enough and is like, get away from me! And it's like, oh, and there goes that. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how long that lasts. We'll see. We'll see how long I can always calm boom boom. But, uh, you know, that's our that's our incredible son. And it looks like we are at that time again. It's coming to the end of our 206th episode of Woke and Free. You're bizarre. This was quite <laughs> the, the uh, episode doing a special Woke and Free story time called 21 Questions About Newborns. Come back next week for the new Woken Free Wednesday episode. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, definitely make sure you submit on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. That's W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. For social media, you can always hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn at Woken Free, and then all collaboration sponsorship opportunities. Again, contact us page at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Until next time.